When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, I'm Ilya Marchenko. I'm Janis Kuda. I'm Evgeny Donskoy. I'm Henry Larson. I'm Peter Turepko, and you're listening to the Game to Love podcast. Hey, <laughs> the Game to Love boys back again for a uh, well was another podcast on the US Open with some... Well, what did we say yesterday? We had Rublev Medvedev were playing whilst we were talking. They just started yesterday. And what we said would happen pretty much happened. Medvedev and Rublev, though, clashed pretty hard there in the first set. And Rublev looked like he might have been able to take it, but Medvedev reigns supreme in the end and keeps that... Uh, He's never dropping a set against Rublev. Keeps it going. So, what did you make of the match, JG? Mate, it's much better, isn't it? This is proper tennis now. The levels yeah. up a proper level. Like, I was watching the match and it was just exciting to watch. Comparing that to Zverev Koric is like a complete different sport. <laughs> These two went out. They was hitting the ball so cleanly. And it was just an incredible match, really. And I think, um, before we skip all the way to the end of it, I don't want to go... I may as well start from the, from the beginning, but... What, yeah, yeah. what Rublev, um, what Medvedev said to Rublev after the match was, head up, mate, you played well, you played some good tennis. And I think he was right. I don't think Rublev played particularly bad in that match at all. No. I just feel like Medvedev was just too good. And a lot of that, a lot of you clicking on the video for, because it's titled about how Medvedev is the smartest player on tour. I think that is a big part of it. His tactics, the way he sets up before each match, he seems to sort of suss out every opposition and play in a different style. Other people on the tour don't do that. And he's just, it seems to, mentally and tactically, a level above all the other players, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think that his, is that, that yeah. will be the difference in this tournament. Yeah, he has his chances and he takes them. And I think that's the key with someone like Medvedev. There was uh, quite an interesting statistic in this match where which probably didn't realise, there was only one break point in the whole match, and Medvedev took it, and that was in the, the second set, obviously, when yeah, he yeah. won 6-3. Rublev in that set, screaming in frustration, just he couldn't even get close on Medvedev's serve, and it was just... Do you know that there was only one juice the entire match? This is how Brilliant. crazy this... Yeah, this is how crazy this match was. Three... Really competitive sets, but not that competitive uh, 
it seemed on each other's serves. Like they weren't eating too much into each other's serves, but they're yeah, just both super solid. And it just goes to show, let's just look at that uh, tie break in the first set. I mean, Andre Rublev sort of, I wouldn't say threw it away, but 5-1 up, that's a pretty good position to be in against Medvedev, and then well, 6-3. Did you see the post-match interview? What, with Rublev? With, no, the one with Medvedev. No, I haven't had a chance to see The one on yet. court. So basically, he was saying how at 5-1, he'd, con- he'd conceived the, fl- the, uh, the the set. He thought he'd lost the, the set. He was saying about uh, nine times out of ten, five one down in the tie break, you more or less, that's it. That's the set. On to the next one. Yeah. And he, he had that same attitude in his head. He was thinking, okay, so what I'm going to do, and he broke down what he did in every point. And I thought it was just so fascinating to listen and sort of get inside his mind and what he was thinking at these moments. And he was saying, uh, what was it, 5-3 at one point? Yeah, uh, it was 6-3. 3 Taking them serves, what he did, his, his attitude was, because he got to, he was serving one of them, I believe. He um, yeah. he went all out on that first one. He was like, at the end of the day, what I'm going to do now is like, my second serve, I'm going to just go for it. And that's yep. what he did. And he hit it like, a, I think it wasn't an ace, but it was unreturnable. He couldn't get there, Rublev. Yeah. And then exactly. he played the next point. When it got to 6-5, he then changed his approach altogether and he didn't play aggressive. He moved back. He moved behind the baseline a bit deeper and just played it very passive. And Rublev made a mistake, which allowed him then to get back into the match. And then from there, it was just, it's just tactics. It's like in-game tactics are just incredible. And he just seems to be a level above a lot of people. Specifically in that match, his counter punching was just ridiculous. The way he was, the way Rublev was hitting really big, solid shots, but it felt like every time he was going for something like that, it was pushing him back even more because Medvedev would pull out an incredible forehand cross court and just put him under pressure, which yeah. made, made it feel like Rublev, he just didn't know where to go. And he come to a point where all he was trying to do is just try and get it back without applying too much pressure on Medvedev because he was scared. If he applied any pressure, Medvedev would just fire one back. Yeah, and it was just way, a practical he? battle, and just Medvedev. I think he's he's the man. He's the man to beat right now. Well, he he just has a way about him, and he has a uh, interesting style on court. That, like you say, you can either fight fire with fire with him, and it might come back to bite you. Uh, but then he changes up his tactics so well. He uses his serve to his advantage. He has a very very big serve, and. He's very good. Like, if you come to the net at your own peril as well, like we saw in that tiebreak as well, he had an amazing backhand down the line, which managed to uh, pass Rublev. I think he might have got a bit touch of a racket to it. Yeah. That, that just set up the, uh, yeah, set point. And then you see what he did with the set point straight away. Bang, ace. So you, you give him one chance, he takes it normally, Medvedev, and don't have to ask him twice. And it's the same in that second set. It was all even, Steven. And something that was crazy, he had uh, two games to love. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had that in the second set. But that's how well he was playing on his own serve, though. And it's nearly unplayable. If you're getting that many games to love, it's ridiculous. And then he just stepped it up that little bit at 3-2 and just got that one one break point. That's all he needs. And once he got in, got ahead, that was it. And Rublev knows it as well. That's why he was so frustrated, smashing his racket down. He even screamed so loud that it didn't even say anything. He didn't say anything expletive 
but the umpire still gave him a, a, like a warning violation. Yeah, well, we're not sure about that though, because I saw I know, they might they have said something in Russian, like a swap. I think it was. Oh, I'm yeah, not going to say the word, but they could have. We're not sure because we don't speak Russian, obviously. But apparently, they're going to analyze it, and if it was something, then he'll be fined. If it's not, then he won't. Apparently, that's how they play it. Yeah, yeah, which is fair. Uh, but yeah, then he, in that second set, there's quite an interesting stat. Medvedev only lost three points on his serve in the second set, <laughs> which is that's crazy. Like you're talking Grand Grand Slam quarter final here <laughs> against top fifteen player, and he lost three points in the set. On his serve. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. Quickly, before you go on, let's get to the chat. Lamb's here watching. How you doing, yeah. mate? Good All to right, see Lam. you. And we've also got Tatara. First time watching. Nice. Been a fan for a few months, so that's good. Oh, nice one. And yeah, I feel like it's fair, to be fair. Rublev did lose it after that tie break. After that tie break, it sort of zapped out of him. And it did feel like, obviously, these two are brilliant friends, Rublev and... Um, yeah. Medvedev. They've known each other for most of their life. I don't know if you saw the picture of them as kids. It was quite yeah. cool. Just seeing them in New York. I think Ostapenko was there in the middle as well. So they've known each other for, it seems like, an eternity. So it, it, it had a bit of a feel about it, though. The Medvedev was that kid. Like, when he was younger, he used to just always bully Rublev. And then, like, <laughs> he sort of always had that in the back of his mind. When he was playing this match, he sort of knew he had the upper hand on him. When you know someone that well, like you just kind of know, oh, I think I've got this guy. I've got it in control. And at not one point did I feel like Medvedev wasn't in control of that match. Um, granted, you could probably say when he was 5-1 down on the first set, he didn't look great. But even then, like you could just, you could see he was building up to it. And he knows he how was to not win going it, anywhere. Though. Yeah, he, he knows how to win against him for sure. Yeah, and I think something that obviously happened in that final third set he had the medic out, didn't he? And uh, he had a problem with that shoulder. Uh, yeah. He, and it looked like it was actually causing him a lot of trouble because he did his first serve and volley of the whole match at 5-4 when he was serving for the match. So that's uncharacteristic. He was obviously not wanting to hit through the ball so much. And he did clever points to win it. He just, like, held serve. And the final point of the match was a very tactical, tactically played point and didn't have to exert too much more energy through that shoulder and just got it over the line. Hopefully he can recover well for the semi. That's all yeah, I mean. yeah. Yeah, no, for sure, man. And Lam was saying here, he was talking about what we just said, about how Medvedev said to Rublev, you played very well. I'm going to be honest, I was lucky. And um, I don't know if he was lucky. I don't know if I agree with Medvedev there. I think he's just being humble. Yeah, lucky. But, um... <laughs> it's been lucky every round. <laughs> Not dropped a set. But, uh, yeah, aside from that, I do feel like Rublev did play a good match and he was a bit unfortunate coming up against Medvedev in that form. A lot of other players on tour, he would have been all right and probably been able to beat him. But that's the way it goes. It looks really encouraging for Rublev anyway. I think he's progressed so much over the last few years. If you look at his ranking alone, how he's been jumping up the rankings each year and um, his level as well is improving. I think his uh, versatility as well. He's not just an aggressive player on court. He can mix it up. We saw it in this set. In this match, granted he lost, but yeah. he was playing a lot more smart. I feel playing a bit more reserved and passive. Yes, uh, against someone like Medvedev, he's just too smart for some, someone like that. At the end of the day, he can just pick off most people, most most other players on tour at the moment. And um, for me, like when we when we'd have the discussion of who's the smartest man on tour, I think obviously you've got the big three. You can't really dismiss them. Yeah. You've got other people outside it. I think um, a good Batista, a good's a very smart guy. And then Medvedev for me, they're like the top, uh, the top tier. 
Uh, we're going to get onto team in a bit. You could say he's in that in that discussion. He plays matches quite well. Very but I feel well. like he's got a lot to learn. But um, yeah. Well, I think we should. Yeah, I think that's a good segue onto him. To be honest, I think this is the one thing that I was saying yesterday. You've got to play with variety against Dominic team, and you cannot go power for power with him. Because if you do it, <laughs> you're going to be on the wrong end of a quick match at three sets. And unfortunately, that's what we saw. Alex de Menor, uh I thought the tactics were all wrong to play Dominic team. Obviously, it's a lot of pressure. It's a Grand Slam quarterfinal. But I, I thought he started all right. And he managed to get break points back on team serve. He managed to break him, but he was getting broken back again very quickly. Mm. And uh, do you know? I didn't realize there's quite an interesting statistic that uh, coming into that the match, team hit forty six percent slice on his backhand. Oh, all right. Seems like a bit of a crazy stat, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can see why from this match, why he's been doing that as well, because it's not firing that consistently. And he was running around the backhand quite a few times in this match and hitting that forehand, but the forehand was firing. Yeah, yeah. Really firing. And so much so that the commentator was, I don't know, he was going a bit over the top. I think he was in love with Dominic team. He kept saying, I love this guy. Oh, look at that. Another amazing shot. All right, mate. Calm down. (laughs) So I was going to go and ask to marry him or something. Ridiculous. Uh, But, yeah, in that first set, ADM not hitting the ball deep enough, and he's just going to clear up. If you're not, if you're not going to mix it up enough, you've you've got to keep Dominic Team guessing. He didn't, and six one fair reflection on the first set. I think the yeah. best analysis of that match was actually done by Alex Dimonor. Yeah, I was, I'll get it up here because I do have it. Um, he was he basically said in essence that at the end of the day, there's a big thing you can that you can kind of tell. And there's a six-year difference. I think that that's one of the biggest things you can just tell, not just experience, but also physique, fitness. He's grown in his body. Now I've got to match that. Yeah. And I can just kind of see that. It is like a bit of a physique thing here. Oh, definitely. is very much... um, Lean. I don't want to say skinny, but he's very lean, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And he needs to sort of bulk up a little bit. He needs to be a bit more powerful because... If he's coming, he's all right against other players on the tour, and I'm sure he's going to have a very lucrative career and win a lot of things. Yeah. But to get to that next level, he needs to have something. Uh, I don't know, a bit more muscle, a bit power. more, a bit more power. Yeah, because yeah. playing against someone like Team, he's just that. He's that older guy, a little bit more experience, and they will pick you off. Like you can look at a really good example I saw online was uh, David Ferrer. He was quite a small guy, but he was very muscular, and his forehand was just can get him out of any problems. Yeah. And um, that's what you need, I feel, to be able to get to the next level and take to the, in Grand Slams, to be getting to semifinals, finals, and even winning them, you need to have that extra sort of weapon. And at the moment, Alex de has got a brilliant overall, ga- overall game. He's um, mentally very strong. He knows his way around the court very well, but he needs to find a weapon and be able to use it. And, well, he's a bit unfortunate with his with his frame that he doesn't really have one at the moment, but I'm sure he will build into a more stronger physique as he grows up. Yeah, but like that ties in nicely. I, what I was just literally about to say, he his serve he needs to be bigger. His he's uh, only one in that match. He was winning 35 percent of points on his first serve, 
which mm. is terrible. And you can't, that's, you're never going to be good enough to compete at the highest level on the men's tour and get to those semifinals and those finals without a better serve. And it, it's, it just seemed like it was too predictable. And that was what I said yesterday. You just had Dominic team. He was standing even further behind the baseline you know, like last night. He was beyond two meters. It was ridiculous. He was so far behind the baseline. And the only time he exploited this was, I think, in the second set. And he finally did a, a great play where he hit a great serve and then followed by a great drop volley. Brilliant. Damn. This works. See, the drop shot. And just incorporate it. Don't try and hit like fire for fire. He's going to, like, he cleaned him off the court. It was just, it was like a man versus a boy. Like, was, yeah, like, it was a little physique. bit. It was. It was literally like that. And it's sad to see because he's so good, like Alex de Menor. But team, much, much better. And it was, it, it was evident to see. Yeah, I've got the score up there just so the guys can see the scores. As you can yeah. see, the Medvedev one looks quite close, but Medvedev was always in control. And then team kind of just blew Alex de Menor away, really. Yeah. Um, it was, some of the shots, let's give some credit to Dominic team though, because he was hitting the ball. Oh, well, he was hitting some amazing winners, and he's really playing his best level of tennis now. Uh, Medvedev wants to be careful. If he's not fully fit, that there can be a real tough game for him against Dominic Team. Well, that's my big concern. If his shoulder's still hurting, he yeah. did look like in a bit of discomfort, but is that just a bit of a, not gamesmanship, is it a bit of tactics for from uh, Medvedev ah. in the fact that, <laughs> I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me, mate. He just needed a bit of a breather just to regroup his thoughts a bit and then went into that thing. And then he was fine after that. He didn't, like, look, look, he didn't look in too much uh, distress afterwards. No. no. And he well, played some I'm, good tennis after. But I don't know. It's hard to say, isn't it, to be honest? Safe, I think. It was a little bit safe. Like, like we said, he did a, his first uh, serve volley of the whole match in that next game, which is so uncharacteristic. But you don't know. He probably was just being on the safe side. Air on the side of caution. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But now it leads up to, uh, well, an incredible semi-final. I'm yeah. Just scroll along a bit. Yeah, we've got Team Medvedev. And for most people, I'm sure they they probably agree in the fact that that's what they would prefer the final to be. I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like the real final is Team Medvedev. Yeah. The reason I say that is because if you look at both Team and Medvedev's record against the other two, um, well, it's quite... Uh, I've got it actually here for Team specifically thought it was quite interesting to read out. So, yeah, Dominic team combined head-to-head head against the two remaining players in the top half of the draw is 14-2. He's against Zverev, it's 7-2, and Buster yeah. 7-0. I know. So for him, Man. this is like a final, you could say. Yeah, if he definitely. was able to get through Daniel Medvedev, his chances against either of the other two, you'd really fancy him. And this is a big, huge match for him because I don't think he's ever going to have I don't want to be too dismissive of Sparrow, <laughs> but I don't think in many years team is going to have an easier Grand Slam final than, than what he would do this year. That's Without being true. disrespectful to the other two, but we know Brilliant. that in, in previous in other years, there's going to be either a Djokovic or an Adal, maybe even a Federer, or even someone else who's playing some really brilliant tennis at the time. Both Sparrow and Buster have been very solid and impressive this tournament, but they've not blown me away. Well, Lamb's bringing up an interesting point there in the comments. He's just saying his team a mix between Nadal and Federer because he is a one-handed backhand like Federer, but he has that strong determination like Nadal. 
which is, mm. yeah, a very good observation. He does sort of encompass two of the main traits from those two great players. Uh, and, and something I would like to add quickly, Ben, before you go on, yeah, is, go uh, with uh, Medvedev, I spoke about earlier how I feel like he's arguably the best counterpuncher in the game right now in tennis. Previously in the past, we've seen the likes of Leighton Hewitt as one of the yeah. brilliant top guys at it. And in most recent years, we're still playing now, is Rafael Nadal one of the best in the game. And I feel like Medvedev at times resonates that. And I yeah. think with his technical tactical ability and the way he is able to counterpunch counter in situations where he's put under pressure, I think he's got a real good opportunity. And against someone like Team, who is quite an aggressive player, I yeah. do feel like Medvedev can sort of uh, change his game to try and play a bit defensive at times, more defensive than what he did against Rublev, but still come out on top and sort of wear him down. But saying that, I don't. To be fair, there's a, you, there's a big point. What I saw actually. What if this match was to go to five sets and be a really grueling match, whereas the other one gets done over over and done within a few hours, three 0 I'm not sure which way. <laughs> would, would we would we then see a big um, like a, a, a switch in the final? We've seen it in many years in the past. I know Wimbledon in 2018, it was very evident with Anderson. He had a massive long match in the semi-final, played yeah. the final the next other day against Djokovic. And then, well, Djokovic played at like 30% and beat him. Just no battle at all. He was just, Anderson was just lucky to, he was just walking around. He couldn't even move. He was so tired. I think that one went to like, it was quite a long fifth set. It's not going to be that long, hopefully. But, um, yeah, even so, a five-set thriller could take it out of either of them two, and it could put them sort of a hindrance against a sphere of Buster. I hope we don't see it, but it's just just a thought. Svera is probably licking his lips, hoping for a five-setter in that one, and hoping he can just squeeze Parker. The way that Zvera has been playing, he's probably going to be Zvera in four again. He'll start slow, lose the first set, and then start pinging down aces again for the final three. But that's just that's what I personally think is going to happen again. I think Zverev will start slow, and Buster will probably come out and take the first, and then I think Zverev will take over. So, out of the Medvedev team match, who do you think is going to win that one? <laughs> that one is that is so tough to call. I'm now at. This They've is not so played each other much, have they? Really, I was three, three the times. Head. It's only the three times, and what the most recent one was it in Rome? On clay, I believe. Uh, I'm not sure. Let me do that. I've just got. Yeah, get it up. I was just watching the video. I'm not sure if it's the most recent one. I was just watching the video on YouTube. I saw Tennis TV post it earlier, and um, it's interesting because there's not much sort of history between the two of them. So that's what why I feel this match is a bit like uh, uncertain, and no one really knows what to expect. And this is a this is a Grand Slam as well. It's a bit of a different occasion as well. Yeah. Especially knowing that if either of them win this match, they will be the outright favourite for the final. So I've got it. Um, yeah. To be holding yeah. the trophy, which is just incredible, really. So I've got uh, the results of their three matches here. And nice the results of them were uh, the last time they played was in the Canada Masters, which was in uh, August in 2019. Okay. And Daniel Medvedev actually beat Dominic Team in that one. That was on hard court. That was 6-3, six, 6-1. Six, six, but don't forget, that was in that run where Medvedev was literally clearing up. I don't know if you want to zoom in a little bit, Ben. It's a bit tricky. All oh, right, apologies. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so just this one here. 
you can see that there. Those yeah. are the three, the three matches that they played each other. We've had... Yeah, it's Barcelona. That's it. Sorry. Not, that was on... Um, in Barcelona was... as well. That's the one I was watching. That was the final of Barcelona. Medvedev took the early break in that. It looked like quite a good match, but team, we know what team's like on clay. He's a bit of a different animal. Yeah. And he took sure. that to him. So that's why it's going to be a complete different thing. But looking at hard there, it's one all, really, isn't it? I think this so... is all going to be dependent on how well Medvedev serves this match. If Medvedev serves well, I think uh, we could be in for a very long evening. And I think it could be, I could possibly go to five, I think, this match. I think it has all the makings of it. The way team was well, playing. I don't think Medford ever won that. I think he no. wants it in three. I'll tell you why he wants that. Because he could become, so far he's the only player left in the tournament to have not dropped one set. And he could become the first player at the US Open to not drop a set and win the tournament in the, in the Open era. It's never happened before. I can't see it happening. I can see both players winning the set in this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But that's, what, I'm sure that, that's a pretty cool, impressive title to have. Yeah, to do a whole grand slam without dropping a, a set is wow. That's just remarkable. Yeah, that would be incredible if he could actually achieve it. But after seeing that little niggle, and he actually was cramping as well, which is crazy. And then three sets, and he was cramping against Rublev. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy to see somebody so fit uh, like he is. If that comes in, you know how Dominic team's an animal. He will outlast him in five sets, probably. If he's cramping already in three, don't go five. Oh, mate, I'm a really excited to watch it, to be fair. I'm just oh, a bit disappointed it's not the final. I would prefer that as the final. <laughs> but saying that, Medvedev, I think he's such a character. And um, out yeah. of the two, I kind of want Medvedev now. I know I've been a massive team fan in the past. and I feel like a bit disloyal going against team. And it would be nice for either of them, really. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence a little bit, but I'm just edging a little bit more towards Medvedev purely because of his whole character. And I just love uh, some of the things he said after the match. Um, and so he's just very funny as well, I find. I don't know if you've seen some of the videos where he's like mocking Rublev's hair. <laughs> he calls him Yannick in the changing rooms because uh-huh. he calls he, he looks like Yannick Sinner. <laughs> I don't and, know. Uh, he does, know. definitely. <laughs> And uh, one of the things he was saying, because obviously last year, I don't know if I'll get it up, last year he had a few um, issues with the US crowd, didn't they? A lot of booing and he sort of rose to that occasion and was just kind of like... um, Yeah, he made it sort of his shtick for the whole tournament, didn't he? Yeah, well, he just used used the negative energy and allowed him to push him forward and he was like, oh, keep it coming. With this energy, you're going to get me all the way to the final, which he did. And he almost won it against Nadal, but Nadal was just too much on the day. Won a lot of fans there, didn't he? Yeah, but won what he said was quite funny. He was like, I actually missed the crowd because I think they would be they would have been supporting me from the very beginning. It could have been like a love story. <laughs> it could have been. Quite good, quite possibly. And it still might be. Because if he goes and wins the whole tournament without dropping a set, that would be some crazy Yeah, but he's, he's joking because at the end of the day, they'd be booing him right now because they don't like him. Mm, I think they. I think these one the US crowd, they're not fans. I know the US fan. The US fans are very fickle. Yeah, very. They very. They support their own stock. That's that's for sure. And they don't. They will probably cheer people if they miss second serves, first serves, all this type of stuff, which I don't really agree with. But yeah, I've seen the saw one Agassi match when it was like that before, and it was just. Everything, anything the other guy did, it was just like they just cheered. Like 
he could have fallen over and like broke his arm over the chair. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Before we go on to the women, Tara makes a great point uh, about something you said. Don't forget Medvedev has a style of cramping and seeming like he's weak, like he's weak and done. And then he goes Ooh. tank mode, just like years last year's final versus Nadal. Uh, he has it in his, but he has that sort of mentality where he will never stop. He just constant grind. And that wears on people. Uh, I think it's going to be a very tactical affair between the two. And he's going to need to serve his best. Dominic team's going to need to get that backhand firing as well, because if he spots a weakness in team's game, trust me, it's going there. Yeah, well, he will be playing it to his weaknesses for sure, because he's like that, isn't he? With power as well. He knows how to... uh, expose a player's weakness and if Dominic team's trying to run around that backhand uh is it tomorrow yeah tomorrow yeah he's trying to run around it tomorrow it's going to be in for a very very tough match and there's going to be a wide open court that he's going to be hitting into for sure but anyway let's move on to the women's now Ooh. and that's equally excited yeah i just i was hoping you would say we'd move on to the women's because <laughs> Somebody went through in style last <laughs> night, and I think it was my girl, Victoria Azarenka. And God, I think two words here, utter domination. Yeah, six it's pretty one, Six love in a Grand Slam quarterfinal. And what a performance. This match, I was glued to it for Tatara all... Tatara wanted us to talk about it. it. Here's the breadstick and the bagel you requested. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was... For all of the one hour and ten minutes that it lasted, it was a joy to watch. She is really back to her top form again as a ranker, and Mertens didn't have any answers whatsoever. It was it was quite apparent that it she was it was the backhand that she was struggling with so much. It was she's got such a great backhand as a ranker, the cross court, and yeah, she hits yeah. it so deep and powerful. Even if Merton's got something on it, it was just flying out, flying like wide in the net. Like there was, I don't think she even, before she knew it, she was a set down. Yeah. And then she was already a breakdown. And she was nearly having a breakdown probably by the end of the match. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just, all I can say is just wow. I'm just blown away by Azarenka in this tournament. I was, I was shocked by that result. You know, I was worried. I thought that. Mertens might be pushing Azarenka out, but well, I'll be honest. I fancied Mertens to beat her, and yeah. I think now I need to start rating Azarenka more. We see in the Azarenka of 2012-2013 when she was winning Grand Slams, getting to finals. I feel like she's back, and she's back with a bang because this tennis is high level stuff. It's not like she's fluking any of the matches. I think she's gone ten and zero now on her run. And it's just really impressive. Like, this Victoria Azarenka is the one we want to see. And to be playing against Serena Williams, that matchup, to be knowing, no one would ever be thinking in 2020 we're going to be seeing a semi final of the US <laughs> Open of Azarenka, Serena Williams. People would it's be like, painful. what are you talking about? Love that. I, it's just, it makes for such a great story for this US Open. And two greats in the game heading off in a semi final. I think it's going to be super exciting. So we could. Well, we could potentially look at the four left in. And they are definitely the best four people who have been playing in this without doubt. Yeah, yeah. You've seen their you've seen their form. Brady, scary. Osaka, 
She's on the warpath, and I yeah. uh, wouldn't want to get in her way. Serena Williams just digging out those comebacks and just doing it like the Serena of old, somehow staying in it. I'm sticking with Azarenka. My well, out of the four, they've all been informed, but Serena Williams is probably the least informed out of the four in terms yeah. of, like, she's just been scraping through some of her matches, just been showing her grit and determination, and just kind of her experience really has got her through, I feel. Definitely. The other three have just been playing, like, incredible tennis, high-level stuff. Not that Serena hasn't been doing that, but the other three, I feel like they've been a bit more consistent and they've been sort of blowing people away, um, yeah. which wow. Serena's not done. Which makes me think that she's probably going to be the most fatigued coming into this uh, semi-final. It's been um, but it's Serena Williams. It's Serena Williams. You can't, like... I don't think fatigue exists for Serena. She's a winner, a pure champion. And we have, we have a lot of discussions about the men's side, about who's the goat. With the with the women's side, I feel like it's uh, not really disputed too much. I feel like no. Serena is that is the face, really, of women's tennis. And uh, it's going to be certainly sad when she retires. Oh, for sure. Well, I don't think it's going to be... I think she's still got a few slams in her, in her yet because she seems she still can do it. And even when she's this... Well, she seems tired in a lot of these matches. You can see that she's sort of frustrated how tired she's getting. And that's when she lets out these big roars all the time. When she hit a winner, like... Ah! <laughs> but every time she's hitting a winner, she's just literally screaming. And... That's just the passion that she still has for the game. It's just great to see. And But hopefully she's going to be gone in the next round because Azarenka, I want her to dismantle her in straight sets again. I'll be honest, I can't, I can't see Azarenka losing. I generally can't. If she plays like she did against uh, Merton, I just can't see her losing to Serena Williams. I feel like she will have the better of her. I don't think it's going to be a relatively close match, although it is a semi-final of a slam, so anything's really possible. Who do you think's favourite for that match? I think Azarenka probably would be the favourite, to Can be honest. Quick check on that. I'm just going to uh, bring that up quickly because it would be interesting because obviously Serena is... You'd think that she normally would have been a favourite for that match, but... I don't think know. anymore. I think Azarenka would be the favourite. And in the other, uh, yeah, the other tie, tough. I think Osaka would be the favourite. And if the two favourites do go through to the final, what would happen then is we'd see a repeat final of Cincinnati. Well, we didn't actually see the final of Cincinnati, but that's what, <laughs> that's what the final would have been. Very Wouldn't true. it be funny now if we have the same thing and Osaka pulls out again with an injury? <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> Azarenka's going to win two finals <laughs> without playing them. <laughs> Yeah, the so first time as, in history. Azarenka is the slight favourite in that matchup, which is fair enough. Her form definitely deserves it. Yeah. But I'm going to say, people are probably going to be wanting Serena Williams versus Naomi Osaka as your final. Probably most American. Well, is, is Osaka, does she, she's classed as. Japanese, but she has a obviously American, a big American following as well. I think I'm going to go with Brady Azarenka final. Really? Oh uh, yeah, that's what I'm going with. I, well, obviously, I'm sticking with Azarenka because I'm trying to pull off the double at the moment. <laughs> I had Sophia Kennan as my dark horse in the Australian Open, and Azarenka, I need her to do it. She's the only pick that we've both got left in now of the tournament. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm, I'm hoping for GTL's uh, sake that you can get the Azarenka one, even though you're oh. going to give me some grief and be a bit, oh, a bit too much. But I think uh, Brady, although she's had a brilliant tournament and been playing in brilliant form, I think Osaka's just that level above uh, generally. Um, 
still going to be yeah. a tight match that one. I think it probably will go to a third set, but I feel like Osaka should edge that. And if she does, then it's going to set up a brilliant final. Yeah, I feel like the Americans would love to see a Brady Williams one. But then even yeah. still, I think any of these, the final for me, it's not like the men's. For me, the, the final between these four, whatever whatever the outcome, I think it's going to be exciting. It's going to be, I'm, I'll be looking forward to watch it. Oh, sure. yeah. I've, in some ways, like I've been more drawn in by the women's draw this year than I have yeah. by men's, which is just just because of these great stories that we've had. We've had the Azarenka story, which no one, well, from last week, or the week before in Cincinnati, obviously. Yeah, you'd that never have expected it. it. That's where it began. And then we had Peronkova, someone yeah. who's not played a, a match in three years, just turns up and makes the quarterfinals. Agreed, and yeah. Just that Jen Brady, she sort of, before with all of the tennis came back, she wouldn't have been probably considered as somebody she who... She was never had. in contention, was she? No, nah, but now look at her. She's right up there. So it's been some real shocks. And no one, everyone wrote Serena off as well. And that's what I mean, at your own peril. She's there again. So just very excited for that because out of those, you could have any final out of all of those four. You just don't know. And I'd be very deserving of it. I feel like the only thing with the men's side was sort of let me down, just that Sferi of Koric match. I was watching it. I was just bored bored during (laughs) it. And I think that's probably what's dampened my mood a bit. But... It's still going to be an exciting semi-final, Sverev, uh, Buster. We've not really touched too much on it, so I don't know if you want to do a quick one now. We'll just give our thoughts on that match. I think you've already yeah. said that you feel like Buster could come out fast, win the first set, and then Sverev will come back and win in four. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, that's what I think. That's just off what how Sverev has played throughout the tournament. I'm just basing it on that. It could quite easily be a Zverev straight sets. If he turns up and actually turns up and he's as Zverev we all know he can be, he can I think easily... you're still being a bit dismissive to Buster. He's a good player, I could man. win the whole thing. He could win the whole tournament. What, what do I know? I know nothing. <laughs> he could literally turn up and then just beat him, then beat Medvedev or team as well. I just know. I, I, I don't think so, though. I think for the sake of the final, it would be better for Zverev to win that match because I feel like Buster against either Medvedev or a team won't be much of a final. I think it will be a very one-sided affair. Um, So I think Sverev will be able to provide a bit more of a battle, especially the fact that I think he's got the more favourable head-to-head against Medvedev, maybe, or it's quite in the balance. um, Let me... uh, Let me... Oh, you don't have to get it up if not it's uh, fine I want to see it now now you've said it I'm, uh, I don't think it's um, I think Sverev's beaten him on a few occasions and some big uh, maybe some finals to... even I'm going to have to have a look just because I can't uh, go without knowing now yeah no worries Alex, uh, they've played each other ooh some interesting statistics here this one will be interesting to see so yeah 5-1 yeah look at that very crazy all on hardcore as well yeah so and the last one tour finals there in the round yep. robin they beat i don't know if you want to zoom in a bit then just to see some of them yeah apologies no worries <laughs> so do you want me to go in more yeah that's okay yeah. i can see it more now okay all right i can probably make it a little bit wider as well so you can see a bit more there you go no nice <laughs> yeah so there yeah so Pretty convincing as well every time he's won. Uh, That's what I'm saying. So I feel like that would be a better final, in fact, that I think Medvedev's playing a lot better now than then. Yeah, but still, sure. he's got that mental edge over him, and that's that's a pretty impressive head-to-head. A lot yeah. of people would not have known that. 
I did know that Sverev had the head tail on Medvedev, but I didn't know it was by that much, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, based off that, I feel like that would be a more exciting final than, say, Medvedev Buster or Team Buster. Team, teams played him seven times and beaten him seven Sverev. times. Even Team Sverev is 7-2, I believe. Yeah, 7-2 so. is a lot, isn't it? Yeah. But anyway, it's the US Open final. Anything's possible. We've seen that already so far this tournament. Yep. If you guys have got any uh, questions you want to ask us now, feel free to do that. If not, we'll be doing another podcast tomorrow, most probably. And then, wait, what's it tomorrow? Is it not the... Oh, yeah, tomorrow's Friday. Yeah. And then Saturday, we're going to be uh, doing a live stream for the US Open women's final. And then, obviously, Sunday, we'll have the big one, the men's final as well. We'll be covering all of that. Hopefully, we're going to get a good live stream set up. We're still trying to get our live scores and everything. Um, but it's a work in progress anyway. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Do you have anything left to say, Ben? No, yeah. Uh, just follow us on all the platforms, really. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and yeah, just leave us some comments. We always like to hear the feedback and any questions any of the people who are watching have got. So, yeah, I'll leave it with that. Nice one. I think we'll wrap it up there then. Thanks, guys, for watching, and we'll see you soon. Cheers, guys. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.